Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Take our Bibles, turn to Leviticus 23, the book of Leviticus chapter 23. And this Sunday, we're going to look at uh, don't lose heart when you've lost it all. When you've lost it all, uh, don't lose heart. And uh, a couple of conversations this week on uh, loss. In fact, uh, Joe, uh, talking to Joe Kozan, who's uh, for a while has maybe still the world's longest streak of, of driving a church bus, um, I think some 30 years or something like that, but uh, was here before we got here, uh, has recently lost both parents, uh, and so pray for him. Uh, of course, I lost my mom this last year. It's coming up on uh, the anniversary of that. But that's not the only loss. That, that's a big loss, a, a hard loss. But uh, there's uh, a, a loss of finances. There's uh, a loss of a friend. And there's so many different types of loss. And we're going to talk about that uh, as a big overarching, uh, looking at how David uh, almost lost it all uh, and how he responded to that. And so be here uh, on this Sunday morning. But uh, for tonight, let's stand to our feet for the reading of God's Word because you look a little tired. Let's stand to our feet for uh, the reading of God's Word. I re-implement that, uh, uh, that tradition that we do here uh, when you look tired. And so um, we're going to talk about the feast days of Israel. And it's interesting that they're not, uh, uh, I don't know that they're ever called the Feast of Israel. Uh, I, I think they're always called the Feast of God. And of course, the nation of Israel uh, were the ones that celebrated them. Uh, there are seven of them. You have the uh, Feast of Passover, you have the Feast of Unleavened Bread, you have the Feast of First Fruits, you have the Feast of Pentecost, uh, you have the Feast of Trumpets, you have the, um, the uh, Day of Atonement, which the day, Yom Kippur, and then uh, you have the Feast of Tabernacles. If you would have taken notes, we could dismiss, but you did not take notes. Anyway, uh, and, and so uh, in Leviticus 23, uh, it talks about all of them. All of them, all seven of them. Uh, and with all seven of them, there is a commemoration. It, uh, it is a, a reminder of a historic event that happened uh, for Israel, with Israel, kind of like our July 4th Independence Day. We celebrate that annually. Uh, each one of those seven, one, uh, seven uh, feasts, there's a commemoration of a historic day, time, uh, event that happened. Uh, but then there's also an expectation, and I really want to lean into this tonight, uh, because those feast days pretty much outline prophetic events. Uh, there's four of them in the spring, there's three of them in the fall. Uh, we're living in between the four in the spring that uh, point to the first coming of Christ, the three in the fall that point to the second coming of Christ. Uh, and it does, uh, uh, that, that word feast means uh, appointed times, appointed times. You're going to see some very uh, exacting dates on all of these feasts, uh, but they can also be rendered pointing times. Uh, not just appointed times, commemoration, but, but pointing times. And so uh, there's a commemoration. I'm not going to preach the whole sermon while you're... Anyway, uh, there's a uh, commemoration. There's also an expectation, but then also there's an application. Uh, and so let's look a little bit at that tonight, but look at verse number one. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying... Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, concerning, here it is, the feast of the Lord, the feast of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. Uh, now it's almost a parenthetical in verse number two. It's a, 
uh, a weekly rhythm, a weekly rhythm that we should be in, that they were in. Uh, it's not one of the feast days, but it is a, a weekly rhythm that's touched on. Six days shall work be done, uh, but on the seventh day, it's the Sabbath of rest, a, a holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. Uh, it is the Sabbath of the Lord uh, in all your dwellings. And so he touches on that weekly rhythm, but then he goes back higher uh, and talks about the seven annual feast days. Of course, the Sabbath was uh, a weekly event, the feast days, uh, annual events. Verse 4. Uh, These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which ye shall proclaim in their seasons, in their seasons, and exacting uh, time that they're to be celebrated. Uh, and then if you look down at verse number 37, you can uh, see what I'm talking about, the seven feast days versus the Sabbath day. Uh, These are the feasts of the Lord, 37, which ye shall proclaim to be uh, holy convocations to offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering, a meat offering, a sacrifice, drink offerings, uh, everything upon his day, uh, his season, uh, appointed times, uh, beside the Sabbaths uh, of the Lord. And so uh, it kind of goes back around and it says, okay, the Sabbath, and then gives the seven feast days. And he said, now, beside the Sabbath, beside the Sabbath, that's a weekly rhythm. By the way, I, I do think that's a weekly rhythm that we should all be in. Not that we're Seventh-day Adventists or uh, feel like we're under the law uh, as far as a, a, the Christian Sabbath uh, Sunday, which uh, they'll, they'll try to extrapolate that. Uh, but I do think that uh, uh, a day of rest, a time where we unplug, a time where we shut down, uh, and we dedicate that time personally uh, in our walk with God. Obviously, Sunday is not my day of rest. Uh, but uh, I do think if we unplug and step back, uh, we'll end up being better uh, in the long run. And so let's have a word of prayer. Uh, enough of that. We'll dive into uh, the feast days. Lord, I do pray uh, that you will gather our thoughts and our minds and give us alertness. I'm excited about uh, Leviticus and uh, four more chapters of uh, Leviticus. And this chapter is such a huge chapter uh, prophetically uh, concerning uh, eschatology. And God, help us to, to focus, uh, to take it in, uh, and then to anticipate. Uh, and God, will give the praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Uh, amen. You can be seated. Verse number five. In the 14th day of the first month at even, uh, and it's interesting how exacting it is, how exacting it is. Uh, In the 14th day of the first month, at even is the Lord's, and here's the first uh, feast, write it down, the Passover, the Passover. Uh, And of course, the commemoration of the Passover is uh, Israel under bondage, they're indentured servants, if not slaves, to to Egypt. And of course, those plagues came, those plagues came, and that uh, last plague was going to be to the death of the firstborn, death of the firstborn. But God gave a provision, and the provision was uh, a firstborn uh, lamb, a male lamb, a firstborn male lamb uh, without blemish that wasn't just killed, but his blood uh, spilt and put in the basin of the threshold and with a hyssop, uh, taking that, that, that blood and applying it to the lentil uh, and the doorposts uh, of the house, that, that basin, applying it to the lentil and the doorposts uh, of the house. And uh, God said it's a day to be much remembered. Don't forget about that day. Uh, Don't forget about that day. Uh, And now, that's a commemoration. Our expectation, Christ is our Passover. Uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, we were enslaved by uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil. We were uh, at enmity with God, and uh, under the wages of sin is death. 
Why, so similar to, to what they went through. But then uh, John the Baptist seeing the Son of God saying, uh, Behold the Lamb of God. Uh, behold the Passover Lamb of God that taketh away the sin uh, of the world and His blood, uh, not in the basin and then uh, lentil and doorposts, but uh, His feet were pierced to that cross. Uh, those crown of thorns did, did cause uh, blood to, to flow from uh, the lintel, the lintel, and then the doorpost, uh, both hands nailed to that cross. And so uh, the commemoration and then uh, the expectation, Christ died on Passover. Christ died uh, on Passover. In fact, a Jewish historian Alfred Edersheim said, our Messiah, our Passover was killed on the very day the very time that the Jewish Passover was killed, uh, in fact, uh, when he gave up the ghost, the veil of the temple ripped in two from top to bottom, uh, that's where the Bible talks about many priests uh, believed because of that, because of that, the tie-in, uh, realizing that Christ died uh, on Passover and the application, uh, the commemoration, first feast, Passover, the uh, expectation. Now, uh, the Jews back then in Leviticus uh, none of these had been fulfilled uh, prophetically. And so uh, all seven of them uh, lay in front of them. And uh, that first one to be fulfilled was the Passover lamb, the Passover lamb, the Passover lamb, uh, Christ dying uh, the same day, same time. He is our, our Passover. Now the application uh, is not uh, the blood applied to the lentil and doorpost of, of our house, but uh, the lentil and doorpost of our heart. And if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, boy, don't put it off. Don't put it off. If born again and uh, talking about being redeemed, if uh, some of the songs we sing is kind of foreign to you, uh, you may want to just wait around after the service tonight because, boy, that's the big deal. That's the big question. Boy, are we born again? Have we been saved? And so uh, the first uh, feast is, say it with me, the, the Passover. The Passover. It's on the 14th day of the first month at even, Passover. Uh, the second feast is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Unleavened Bread. Uh, look at it in verse 6. And on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Passover, verse 5. Unleavened Bread, verse 6. Passover, verse, uh, on the 14th day. Uh, unleavened Bread uh, on that, that, that next day. The very next day. Uh, now that commemoration was when Israel left Egypt such, in such a a hurry that their bread didn't have time to rise. They didn't leaven that bread. They, they had unleavened bread. And so God basically saying to, again, commemorate that time, that Passover, and then that, that unleavened bread. Boy, that's the commemoration, but, but the expectation. And, of course, we know that Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you. That bread, that bread, that bread. John chapter 6, he said, I am the true bread, the bread of life. Uh, during their commemoration, the Seder meal, the uh, Jewish Passover celebration, the bread was matzah, unleavened bread, uh, matzah. Uh, and it was striped and also pierced. Uh, if you hold it up to the light, uh, you can see light shining through it. Uh, striped and pierced, much like uh, our Messiah, by his stripes uh, were healed. They pierced uh, his side, and he is the light uh, of the world. Uh, what's interesting, between the first and the second courses uh, of the meal, the father would take this, this bag with three matzahs stacked inside of that bag, 
three in one bag, three matzahs uh, in one bag, three in one. Uh, he would take that middle matzah that, that is striped and pierced, he would uh, break it, and that, that, that broken matzah, he would then wrap in a linen cloth, and he would go hide it somewhere in the house. Uh, and then after the third, the third, after the third course uh, of that meal, uh, then the kids would be released. Um, uh, it wasn't a parents' night out. But anyway, uh, the kids would be released, and they would go find that, that hidden matzah on that, that, that third day. And I don't think you have to imagine too much to see what that picture is. Christ died on Passover. He was hidden. He was hidden. His body was buried. Well, you say it was on the next day. Uh, the day in the Jewish um, uh, week was the evening and the morning were the first day. Evening, evening and the morning. And so that's why they broke the, the legs of those that were being crucified uh, so that they wouldn't be there on Passover, on, that, uh, on, on Sabbath, on that night. And, and so Christ died on Passover. Christ was buried on the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Uh, and I do love that picture, three in one, three in one. Those three matzahs, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And, of course, that middle matzah broken, wrapped in linen, uh, the way the Lord Jesus Christ, his body wrapped in linen, hidden away, hidden away uh, for three days, three days. He was hidden away uh, for three days. But then there's number three, uh, the Feast of first fruits. The Feast of first fruits. Is everybody with me so far? Should we stand up and have Bible reading again? Anyway, uh, the Feast of first fruit. Look at verse 9. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, when ye be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then shall ye bring the sheaf of the first fruits, the, the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest uh, unto the priest. And so the commemoration uh, is when God brings them to the promised land, uh, that land that's flowing with milk and honey, uh, that land that's so bountiful, that land that's so bountiful. Uh, um, I, I do think it's interesting, the land of Egypt, God references that it as uh, a land that you water with your foot, uh, with your foot. Several, couple passages. And uh, the, the water troughs you could uh, open and close just by your foot, either uh, kicking sand into them, you water it uh, with your foot. But then he describes uh, Canaan as a land of hills and valleys, and it's God that sends the rain. Uh, it's God that waters that. It's not something that you manufacture in the flesh. It's not something, if I work harder, I can water it with my foot. Uh, no, we're dependent on God. By the way, God took pretty good care of them. Uh, and so that barley harvest was that first harvest, that, that first fruits, that wave offering, that sheaf was during that, that barley harvest, verse 11. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord uh, to be accepted for you. Now look at the time. When is it done? Uh, on the morrow... After the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And so Christ died on Passover. Uh, he was buried, hid, hid. That middle matzo was wrapped in linen and hidden. Uh, his body hid uh, on the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then on the morrow, after the Sabbath, Sunday, uh, Sunday, Christ rose from the dead. Uh, that sheep, that wave offering, that first fruit uh, offered to the Lord, 1 Corinthians 15, 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead, become the first fruits, the first fruits, the feast of first fruit, first fruits of them that slept. 23. Uh, but every man in his own order, Christ the first fruit, uh, afterward they that are Christ that is coming. Boy, he's that, that first fruit of resurrection, uh, a bigger harvest yet to come. Uh, more resurrections are, are going to follow. And so 
Uh, he died on Passover. Uh, he was hidden away during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Eventually, I'm going to have you jump in, okay? So just kind of take note of this. And then, uh, buried away. Uh, and then he rose from the dead, resurrected on the Feast of First Fruits. Good. Two of us will be dismissed in a minute. But anyway, the rest will stay over time. Uh, uh, and then look at 15, talking about the fourth feast. Uh, and ye shall count unto you from the morrow. Ye shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath. Now, uh, it's very exacting times. It's appointed time. Appointed times. Very exacting times. Uh, it, it's almost where Christ said to the Pharisees, uh, you look to the sky and you can discern the weather. Uh, for the most part, you can discern the weather, but you have no idea of the signs of the times. Well, you're clueless with regards to that. And this is one of those passages that they should have clued in. There's more going on than what's going on. I think about Abraham when he offered Isaac on Mount Moriah. And uh, behold, the wood, the fire, where's the lamb? God will provide himself the lamb. There's so much more going on than just Abraham and Isaac uh, and uh, and Mount Moriah, so much more than that. Uh, and, and so they were a little bit blind to these appointed times, but then also these pointing times. Look at it. And ye shall count unto you from the morrow, after the Sabbath, from the day that ye brought the sheaf of the wave offering, uh, seven Sabbaths. So seven times seven is what? It's 49. Seven Sabbaths shall be complete, even unto the morrow, and after the seventh Sabbath, after 49 days, uh, shall ye number 50 days. The day after the 49 days, 50 days. Uh, and ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. Uh, and that's the fourth feast. It has two different names, the Feast of Weeks, but for our purposes, call it the Feast of Pentecost. Pentecost, Penta 50, 50 days, 50 days, Pentecost. Uh, and so the Feast of Pentecost, uh, look at verse number 17. And again, these were all in the spring. Christ died uh, during Passover, buried uh, unleavened bread, uh, rose again during that first fruits, and then 50 days later, 50 days later, Pentecost, uh, 17, ye shall bring out of your habitation two wave loaves of two-tenth deals. Uh, they shall be a fine flour. They shall be bacon with leaven. Now, uh, it's interesting to me that the other one, the one prior to this, two before this, uh, was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And now it's almost in contrast to that, unleavened bread, uh, unleavened bread. In, in contrast to that, Christ is that bread, uh, that one that has no leaven. In him is no sin. Tempted in all points like as we, yet without uh, sin, that unleavened bread. Uh, but then here it's two loaves with leaven, with leaven uh, that are offered up to the Lord, they are the first fruit unto uh, the Lord. Uh, during this Feast of Pentecost, they would take two loaves, again, uh, barley harvest, making the, making the bread from that. Uh, they would take two loaves, the priest would offer them up, take them together, and offer them to God. Two different loaves, offer them up, put them together, offer them to God. Uh, now, uh, the commemoration, they would say it commemorates the birth of Israel the birth of Israel, uh, 50 days after Passover. Uh, 50 days after Passover, uh, they, uh, uh, they were at a mount, and, and God came down, and there was thundering and, and lightning, and uh, the priests, the rabbinical 
uh, uh, history says that God audibly spoke the Ten Commandments in 70 languages. 70 languages. This is the birth of Israel. You can't have a nation without laws. And so here, Israel is being born as the law is given the Ten Commandments. Uh, and so uh, that mountain was on smoke and fire. There was thunderings, and God uh, audibly spoke. And they would say, uh, with 70 different uh, languages, it could be heard. Uh, and they said that because at that time, it was believed that the entire planet consisted of 70 different languages. Uh, the mountain quake, the fire. Uh, Moses came down with those two loaves, uh, those two tablets of commandments. Uh, now, now, the thing about that, though, is the law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect. And so uh, if those two loaves represent those two tablets of commandment, uh, then I don't think there would be leaven uh, in it. But uh, Moses came down those two loaves of commandments, and uh, that's when they were already breaking <laughs> so many of them. Uh, God drew a line in the sand and said, who's on the Lord's side? Uh, and the ones that didn't come over, the priests went in and they killed them. Does anybody remember there was about how many slain? Anybody remember there was about about 3,000 slain, the exact phrase. Uh, they, they drew the line, they, they, uh, who's on the Lord's side, and then there was about 3,000 slain. And so remember, uh, Christ died on Passover, Christ was hidden on unleavened bread, he rose from the dead on first fruits, and now the church is being born uh, on Pentecost. 50 days later, they're in an upper room. Uh, and God came down, the Holy Spirit descended. Uh, much like back then when uh, it was quaking and flaming and, and fire and, uh, and, and that uh, two loaves, two leavened loaves. Uh, by the way, uh, during that ceremonial uh, time celebrating the Feast of Pentecost, they'd also offer two loaves uh, and they'd read the book of Ruth. Uh, but here in the upper room, suddenly, like Mount Sinai, uh, the Spirit came down as a flame, and, uh, and then Simon Peter got up and preached. They, they heard him in their own language. Was there 70 languages, uh, 70 different tongues that, that were heard that day? I don't know that for sure, but the parallel, the parallel. And then, uh, and then uh, Simon Peter, uh, who preached, drew a line in the sand. Uh, when the law came down, there was fire. When the Holy Spirit descended, he descended like the flame of fire. Uh, when the law came down, they heard God's voice in 70 languages. When the Spirit descended, uh, they heard God's word in their own language. Uh, when the law came down, uh, Judaism was born. Uh, when the Spirit descended, the church was born. Uh, and I do believe it was birthed here uh, because when he ascended up on high, then he gave gifts to men. I think that's in Ephesians. Uh, and you can't have a church without giftings, uh, without gifted men and a gifted body. Uh, and so uh, uh, Judaism was born, Israel uh, was born, and now the church was born. When the law came down, uh, a line was drawn, and about 3,000 were slain. Uh, when the Spirit came down, Peter preached, a line was drawn. Does anybody remember how many were saved? There was about 3,000 that were saved. But the contrast to me is remarkable, and I do think that's where Paul, thinking about this, uh, he said, the letter killeth. The letter killeth. The law, the law, the letter killeth. But the Spirit giveth life. And someone would say, now wait a second, you, you also uh, mentioned two loaves being offered up uh, and the book of Ruth being read. Uh, two loaves, two leavened loaves, two leavened groups. Sinful Jews 
and sinful Gentiles. Uh, offered up to God on Pentecost when the church was birthed, when the church was birthed, uh, two sinful leavened loaves offered uh, to God. Uh, and if you want to see it, look at Ephesians chapter 2. I think we have that on the screen if you'll uh, look at it as I read it. Verse 11, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles, uh, a leavened loaf, Gentiles uh, in the flesh who are called uncircumcision, Gentiles, by that which is called circumcision, that's the Jews, uh, and the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, uh, and strangers from the covenant promises, having no hope without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, he, you who were sometimes afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Now look at it. For he is our peace who hath made both Jew and Gentile. He hath made both Jew and Gentile. Uh, you think there's uh, tension um, uh, eth ethnically uh, in the day that we live in today. Uh, it was at least as bad with Jews and Gentiles. At least as bad. Uh, Jews and Gentiles. Uh, the Jews would say Gentiles were dogs. Uh, Jews would say the Gentiles were created for no other reason but to keep the, hot, the, the fires of hell aflame. Uh, I mean, they would just walk right past. In fact, uh, I remember when we visited Israel and uh, Sarah, if anybody remembers Sarah, Jake's um, uh, uh, wife, Sarah was just uh, bound and determined. There was an Orthodox uh, Jew. He had all the garbs. He had that hem of the garment. And, uh, and Sarah was determined to get directions from him. Hey, how do you get to here? just totally ignored her. Uh, and, and she doubled down. Hey, how do you get to here? She almost stood in front of the dude and said, hey, how do you get to here? Uh, totally ignore that Jew towards that, that Gentile. But in Christ, boy, in Christ, that's where we're reconciled both to each other and also to God. Boy, Christianity answers, okay, Christ answers so many problems even in the day that we live in. Jews and Gentiles, that tension, both offered to God. Uh, in fact, verse 14, let's read it. For he is our peace who hath made both one, one loaf, one loaf together to God, broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his fleshy enmity even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make in himself of twain, two, uh, of two, one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body uh, by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, uh, and came and preached peace to you. That middle wall of partition uh, isn't necessarily between us and God. Uh, it was between the Jew and the Gentile. Uh, and he's basically saying, in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Gentile. Uh, in Christ, boy, we're all equal at the foot of the cross and also when we're placed. Does anybody see that at all? And so uh, here... Uh, on the Feast of Pentecost, uh, they would offer two loaves, two loaves, Jews, Gentiles, leaven, sinful groups offered to God. The birthing of the church, the birthing of the church. Boy, we're so much bigger than a kid from Iowa, so much bigger than a, a Gentile. Boy, I'm a child of God. Boy, I'm a Christian. I'm a part of the family. Boy, I, I, I'm a, a brother in Christ with all the brothers and sisters that are in Christ here. But what about the reading of the book of Ruth. Remember there was two ladies in Ruth? If you're here in the fall, there was a Jewish lady by the name of Naomi, and there was a Gentile lady by the name of, of Ruth, those two loaves coming together, being offered to God. 
I'm telling you, I love the Bible. I love Leviticus. It is an incredible book. Uh, but that's the spring feast. The spring feast that Christ died on which one? On Passover. Uh, he was hidden away. He was buried on the feast of unleavened bread. Uh, he rose from the dead on the feast of first fruits. Uh, and then 50 days later, the church was birthed on that, the day of Pentecost or the feast of Pentecost. And those were in the spring. Those all pointed to the first coming of Christ. Uh, and then there was a gap, uh, a, a gap uh, that, that was uh, longer, and they had to wait for those last three feasts, those last three groups, the gap. But then verse number 23, uh, look at the fifth one. And now the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the seventh month, there's a gap, in the seventh month, in the first day of the month, sometime in the fall, shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial, and here it is, of blowing of trumpets. Boy, the next feast that we're waiting for, write it down, uh, is the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Trumpets, by the Feast of Trumpets, the one we're looking for, the one we're waiting for. Uh, look at it. A memorial, the blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation, 25, uh, ye shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And of course, that feast of trumpets. Uh, it, it, it is interesting that the gap between those, between those, four and then three, the gap. He, he died on Passover, hidden away unleavened bread, rose from the dead, first fruits. Uh, the church born, his body uh, born, uh, uh, that, that, that uh, Christ might be magnified. We're born again, uh, the body of Christ. Uh, we're uh, all members of one body uh, on the day of Pentecost. And then that gap, uh, that gap, there was a long wait before that, that next feast, and that's what we're living in today, uh, waiting for that trumpet to be blown. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, at the last trump, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. First Thessalonians 4, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump, the trump, the trump, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Is everyone still with me so far? <laughs> okay. Um, and so uh, the... Look at, look at verse 24. I, I love this, the gap, that unknown gap, that long gap. They're waiting, they're waiting, they're anticipating for that feast of trumpets. Uh, look at 24. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, in the seventh month, the seventh month, uh, seven, the number of fulfillment, uh, the number of completion, the number of fulfillment. Uh, okay, that trumpet's going to sound during that fulfillment time, that fulfilling time. I think about Romans chapter 11 when it says um, uh, that the fullness of the Gentiles, when the fullness of the Gentiles become, when the fullness, when that church age is, 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 is filled to overflowing, when, when everyone that was going to be saved during this time is, is saved, that fullness, that fullness, then all of Israel shall be saved. Now, it's not saved one moment then. Uh, it, there's going to be a seven-year tribulation called Jacob's trouble. Uh, Jeremiah calls it that. Jacob's trouble, Israel's trouble. But we're raptured out when that trumpet sounds. But again, it's, it's after the fullness, the fullness, that fulfillment. Uh, in, in fact, in verse 24, it goes on and it says, 
uh, in the seventh month, in the first day, first in the first day of the month. Boy, as soon as the fullness of the Gentiles become, uh, then that trumpet sounds, and then and, and then uh, that next step happens. Uh, it reminds me of Revelation chapter two and three, the seven churches, which uh, are literal churches that were there then. Uh, I, I think there are also uh, figurative churches that are alive today. Uh, I do think also that it kind of uh, maps out uh, church history, church history, the different uh, churches. But, but as soon as those churches, the fullness of the Gentiles, uh, that next verse, chapter 4, verse 1, after this, I looked and behold, a door was open in heaven. The first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet, uh, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither. Let me give you the next one. Uh, Christ died on Passover. Buried, hidden away on unleavened bread. Uh, rose from the dead on first fruits. Uh, his body birthed, the church was birthed on the, the day of, of Pentecost. Then that gap, that gap, uh, and then the rapture, the rapture, that trumpet sounding, uh, the rapture raptures us up to be with Christ in heaven but down on earth, put down the next one, the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement. A lot of these are celebratory. This one's more afflicting of souls. Uh, atoning. Uh, look at 26. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Also on the tenth day of the seventh month there shall be a Day of Atonement. Uh, on the tenth day of the seventh month, still right around the trumpet sounding, uh, and then, and then, uh, that tribulation period, that Day of Atonement, it should be a holy convocation unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls and as an offering made by fire unto the Lord. 28. And ye shall do no work in that same day, for it is the day of atonement, to make an atonement for you before the Lord your God. For whatsoever soul it be that shall, do, that shall not be afflicted, not be afflicted in that, that same day, he shall be cut off from among the people. And whatsoever soul it be that doeth any work in that same day, that same soul will I destroy from among his people. Ye shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generation and, and all your dwellings. It shall be unto you a Sabbath of rest, and ye shall afflict your souls. Afflict, atone, afflict, atone. When we're raptured up, that feast of trumpets, and when we're up in heaven, then God turns his full attention on Israel why Jacob's trouble, God's not through with the Jew. Uh, Israel, Jacob's trouble, uh, that, that tribulation uh, uh, period, uh, and then at the end of that, when Christ returns, uh, they'll see him, they'll see him, and all Israel shall be saved. Romans chapter 11. Uh, but then look at the last one, and then we're done in about 15 minutes. But anyway, uh, the last one, uh, the seventh feast is the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles. Look at verse number 33. And so, Christ died on Passover, buried on unleavened bread, rose again, first fruits. Church was born, Pentecost. Uh, and then that long period waiting, that long period waiting, raptured at trumpets. And then tribulation period, that day of atonement for the Jews, for Israel. God fully focusing on them. And then all Israel shall be saved uh, in line with 2, 3, and then 4 uh, of Revelation. Uh, God. Uh, and then the last one, the, day, uh, the, the Feast of Tabernacles. Look at 33. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day, all of these are so exacting. They're so exacting. It's mile markers. How close are we? Boy, we're pretty close. We're pretty close. Uh, four down, three to go. Four down, three to go. Uh, and I do think we're a lot closer to that next one 
uh, than we were to the last one. Uh, I, I think it could be tomorrow afternoon. Uh, I, I think it could be soon. Uh, and, and I think the signs of the times uh, are proving that up. Anyway, the 15th day of the seventh month shall be a feast of tabernacles. Now, now get this in your mind. Uh, for the seven days under the Lord, uh, the tabernacle. On the first day shall be a holy convocation. You should do no servile work therein. Seven days shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. On the eighth day shall be a holy convocation unto you. Shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Solemn assembly shall do no servile work therein. Look at 39. Uh, also on the 15th day, on the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, ye shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. Uh, on the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. Ye shall... Uh, take you on the first day boughs of goodly trees, tabernacles, branches of palm trees, boughs of thick trees, and willows uh, of the brook. Uh, and ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. Ye shall keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days uh, in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. Ye shall celebrate it on the seventh day, that, that, that seventh day, that, that, that tabernacles, that, that feast of tabernacles, that holiday. Celebration, celebration, uh, and the commemoration, uh, again, is pointing back to when they were traveling in the wilderness, uh, the booths that they would live in. And, of course, when they commemorated it, they had to be within, I think it was 100 feet from the temple. And, and so, I mean, they just flooded, flooded Jerusalem, uh, thousands of these booths that were set up. Uh, but uh, it's not a tent uh, like we think of it. It's more of a hut with a thatched roof on the top. Look at 42. Uh, ye shall dwell in booths seven days. All uh, that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths. Uh, when I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I am the Lord your God. Uh, what's interesting is they were thatched roofs, and so you could see the stars. Uh, and God promised Abraham, well, your seed is going to be like the stars of heaven. Uh, it would remind them of how God led them. Uh, it would remind them how they wandered under the stars, uh, but then how the Shekinah glory, that pillar of cloud shaded them, that pillar of fire warmed them. Uh, it would remind, remind them. And by the way, this represents the millennial reign of Christ. Uh, and in the same way God took care of them in that wilderness, that wilderness, feast of the tabernacles, why God's going to incredibly, uh, 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 water from a rock, manna from heaven, God's going to incredibly care for us in the millennial reign of Christ. I'm skipping notes. I'm skipping notes. I'm going to show you one passage in Zechariah. Zechariah, the millennial reign of Christ. Zechariah chapter 14. I hope we got that. We might not have that. Okay, listen carefully and I'll try to enunciate. So anyway, Zechariah 14 is talking about the end times, when Christ comes back. And then it goes into the millennial reign. Verse 1. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, verse 2, for I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. Uh, of course, that battle of Armageddon is what ends uh, the tribulation period. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. Uh, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And it shall be in that day, verse 8, that living waters shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea, half of them toward the hinder sea, in summer and winter shall it be. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth, the millennial reign of Christ, reigning and ruling forever the throne of David, reigning as king, 
And that day shall there be one Lord in his name, what? 16. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king. They'll go up from year to year to worship the king. The Lord of hosts to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. It, it seems like there's a possibility that during the millennial reign, uh, some of these feasts will be reinstated. Um, uh, and some of the sacrifices. Did you see that? Um, uh, look at 16. Uh, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up year to year to worship the king, Lord of hosts, keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, and, and Ezekiel talks about the sacrifices that will be done during that time. Uh, but again, I, I don't think that the sacrifices, Hebrews, uh, so much forgave sins. As much as they were pointing towards the blood of Jesus Christ that absolutely forgives sins. And so many believe in that time, the millennial reign, that, that the Feast of Tabernacles, sacrifices that are made, uh, that, that it's a reminder, a lot like the Lord's Supper is for us today, a reminder to them of who they are, what's been given, what's been done, uh, more of an object illustration, and I love 17, last verse, uh, and it shall be, he, uh, 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 shall be uh, that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall there be no rain. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, the millennial, you, you, uh, we are in such a mess today, um, uh, our nation, our planet, our everything, uh, but it's because of sin and the fallen nature of man. Uh, sin and the fallen nature of man. Uh, we should expect sinners to act like sinners. Uh, we should expect fallen flesh to act like fallen flesh. Uh, someday everything's going to be made right. Uh, someday all the wrongs will be made right. Someday. Someday. When Christ reigns uh, as king. Uh, now I I do think that uh, one of the things that uh, God is showing us during the millennial reign, because he'll be ruling and reigning with a rod of iron, and the devil will be bound for a thousand years. Uh, I think one of the things he's trying to show us is, okay, we can't blame uh, our uh, sins and iniquities, our hiccups on, let's see, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world is going to pretty much be made right. Uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The devil is going to be bound for a thousand years. And so as we're excusing, well, I, I, the only reason I did that was it's not my fault. I'm blaming, blaming, blaming. Uh, and you know how you spell blame? You spell blame, be lame. That's how you spell blame. You're being lame when you blame. Uh, the, the world, the devil, the world, the devil. Uh, and, and basically he removes those during the millennial kingdom for those that are there that aren't coming back with Christ. Um, to show them that we have no one to blame. Boy, we are the problem, and God's grace is the answer. We are the problem, and the Lord Jesus Christ is the answer. And so uh, I'm really not done, but I'm going to stop there, okay? I'm, I'm really not done, but um, if you can get your mind framed around prophecy, for them, all of this was prophecy. For them, Leviticus 23, none of this had happened. Uh, and uh, the, 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 uh, uh, the first one that was fulfilled was Christ died on Passover. And if you get this right, I'll dismiss right away. Okay, so uh, he died on Passover. He was hidden. He was buried on the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Don't cheat. I see you looking at your outlines. Uh, and, and then he rose from the dead on the Feast of 
first fruits, and then uh, his body was birthed, his, his body of Christ, he was manifest in us. And I don't want to word it wrongly, and I probably already did, but uh, uh, the church was born on the Feast of Pentecost. Uh, but then there was a long stretch of time that we're living in now, the church age, a, a long stretch of time. We can look back at, at how exacting those feasts were fulfilled, uh, those appointed times, those pointing, pointing times, uh, pointing forward for them, we are, are looking back, uh, seeing how it's fulfilled. Uh, and we're waiting for the Feast of Trumpets when the rapture happens. Uh, when the rapture happens, if you were here in Revelation, which was last summer, uh, when the rapture happened, then uh, those that weren't saved that are on, on earth, and it's mainly Jacob's trouble, it's mainly Israel, uh, the tribulation period, that's uh, the day of atonement, the day of, uh, of affliction, uh, and, and then uh, the Battle of Armageddon, and, and then uh, the Feast of Tabernacles when God rules and reigns, uh, much in the same way that he cared for Israel, water from the rock, why it's a big rock that splits, and water going eastward and westward. Uh, and manna from heaven, we're going to be able to go and visibly see, and we'll already have seen them, if you're saved, you'll have already been raptured, uh, but, but all the planet will be able to visibly see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords reigning as such on planet Earth. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.